We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is August 29th, 2022. If you have not been listening to the show for the past few weeks, you don't know what today is. But if you have, you know it is Luke Sylvia's birthday. Luke, what up, bro? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Big 26. So exciting times. Not really. But did have a uh, nice little Siesta Key uh, getaway. Shout out to, uh, to my buddy Ryan Jackson. His family, they happened to be there. Well, we also had like a maternity shoot scheduled there um, with a photographer. So they were like, yeah, just stay with us. And they had like this nice house uh, and Siesta Key. Um, don't go to that side of the, like those like beaches very much over there on that side near the Gulf. But uh, it was a good time. A lot calmer wave action. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was good. And we we did a little family dinner last night as you guys are listening to this today with my family. That's a nice steak. Some uh, some potatoes. Like mashed potatoes, basically, little peppers on top, like like red mm. peppers, yellow peppers, and uh, garlic bread, all that fun stuff. So it was a uh, chocolate White cake type bread. Top it off, man. It was a, it was a good birthday. It was it was good for being just you know a twenty sixth birthday. Well, I grew up in the Gulf. That's that's like my that was that's my water. first like introduction to a beach and i was like oh these are waves and then i saw the atlantic i was like all right those are waves yeah the gulf is you know we refer to it more as like a toilet bowl because it's just kind of stagnant water it moves mm-hmm. a little bit not a lot but uh that's what i grew up in i love the gulf you know you can't see the bottom you know it once you get a little you know five feet out there you can't really it's, see the bottom anymore but you know it is what I, it is i the never i this is the last thing i'll you know i'll say about this but I had never, I don't think I, I don't know if I'd been out like to the Gulf, like ocean at all. We always go to the Atlantic side, like New Smyrna, Daytona type area. I'd never have had an issue with the ocean, like fear, none of that. We went out to the ocean today and me and my buddy are like, you went out to the Gulf. Oh, sorry. The Gulf. It's not the ocean. It's very different. 
Okay, anyway, yeah, went to the Gulf. Real ones, no. And we're like waist deep at this point, maybe a little more than that. And I'm just staring out into the Gulf. And it is just like eerily calm. Like I'm just standing there. I'm like, dude, I've never had any type of fear of like water. But if anything were to do it, it's this. It's like the calm before the storm type type of thing. And then you start thinking about the depths of the of the ocean or the gulf, and you're just like, man, that that stuff is that's that's scary stuff. Yeah, the ocean has always scared me. Always, like but it sharks, has the gulf, all that kind of stuff. The gulf always because you can't see the bottom, and that's mm-hmm. what is the scariest part to me. Is when I cannot see the bottom, I'm done. I don't want to go mm-hmm. anywhere else. When I was in Bahamas, you know, a couple weekends ago or whatever, you could walk out like waist deep. It's crystal clear. I had no issue with that at all. When I cannot see the bottom anymore, that's when it's a wrap. When I cannot see oh, what man. is in the water and I don't know how deep it is, I'm done. That's just mm. me. Yeah. Speaking of fears, people that were afraid of drafting Chet Holmgren, number one, um, a little early to feel validated in my opinion. That's yeah. a heck of a segue. You have you got to give me some props for that. It was a good segue. It was a little aggressive, but I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Chet Holmgren has suffered a Liz, Liz Frank, Liz Frank, Liz Frank injury. I don't know how to pronounce that. I think it's Liz Frank injury to his right foot that he apparently suffered during the crossover game when he was guarding LeBron. He kind of comes up hopping on that foot a little bit, not putting any weight on that. Then we got news. I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday of last week that the Thunder were concerned that he tore like a ligament or had some ligament damage in his foot. And then Thursday, the news came out that he tore his list or had a Liz Frank injury, tore that ligament, and is going to miss the entire season. And all of the people pre-draft who had questions about his frame and is he going to be durable? Like there's, it's to me, it's too early to be like, ha, I was right. But you're you're like I wasn't totally wrong. See, this is what I was afraid about, and it just really sucks for Oklahoma City. It sucks if you're a basketball fan, and I'm just I really would have been distraught had that happened to a guy that we drafted. And I'm going to knock on wood because you never know what's going to happen. We're going to talk about some injury bad luck that we had this week, but yeah, Chet done for the year. I don't. I'm not convinced it's frame related, man. Like I'm really not. I know that there's people out there that are going to say that it is, but part of it is because they want it to be um, because they're sick like that. But (laughs) I don't think, and they want to be right so bad. Um, But I just don't, I'm not convinced. I said it on the last episode that if this were the case, then, you know, people can act like they know what they're talking about. And we're going to talk about with injuries with the magic, um, obviously Gary Harris, but we'll talk about that. And but the, the the thing is, is like, I'm going to be very clear. And the fact that like, I know next to nothing when it comes to injuries, the history of injuries, what players had what injury and how long they were out for. Like, there are people who genuinely know that type of stuff um, that can just like rattle off like, oh, I remember when this player had that. I don't know any of that. I don't know anything in the medical field, medical field at all. So if you all want to chew me up in the comments, please do that. If I make any mistakes about injuries. But in uh, timetables. But yeah, I, I just don't think I'm I don't know. But from what I've seen, it, it looks like this could just be a freak thing. But it also could be related to weight, you know, frame. I have no idea. Uh, it's just really unfortunate at the best of bottom line. Really sucks. Like you said, if this was like Paolo, like that would be just 
heartbreaking really but um just for the you know you you want a player so bad to be good okc has been kind of walking that fine line um in terms of like rebuild and like they've had to do that the past couple of years, but now they've got so much young talent and it's like, man, you got to put away your most talented. Maybe obviously SGA can be debated, but like one of your, your, your prize possessions out for the whole year really stinks. We've seen it. We've seen players go out for a year more than that. Come back looking fine. Joel Embiid being one of them. The one that comes to my mind when I think of injury trouble to start the career. So Hopefully he's good. I was really bummed to hear that. I wanted to see Orlando and OKC on TNT on November 1st with Chet in the lineup. Finally get that matchup, but it looks like we're going to have to wait another year. Well, hopefully we still get the game on TNT like at all. I know people have talked about like, oh, can they flex a game that early in the season? We don't really know. I'm sure. I think somebody said the Heat and the Warriors play that night, so I'm sure if the NBA and TNT can flex that game, they will. So uh, we're, we'll just be kind of watching that. I think that was producer that. Kevin who pointed that out to us. Yeah, so we'll just be waiting patiently, or somewhat impatiently, I, I rather uh, probably should say. But hopefully that game doesn't get flexed. But it does suck you know, for Chet. It sucks for Oklahoma City fans. It sucks for us who wanted to see that matchup. But I think there is something to like these tall guys with these crazy frames, and we've just never seen guys be able to move like this. Like Chris Tapps Porzingis comes to mind. Our Jonathan Isaac comes to mind. Um, you know, now Chet Holmgren, like guys that are this tall, just moving the way they're able to move. It's just almost like these like these ligaments aren't supposed like supposed to like stretch and move the way that these guys are moving in these kind of frames. But like you said, I don't really know about any of that stuff. I just know it sucks that Chet got hurt yeah and um yeah just hoping that he recovers soon hope he still has a long career and uh yeah you hate to see that happen to anybody apart from chet uh just want to check in again with our boy franz wagner as he's been playing in some FIBA world cup qualifiers uh, over the course of the last couple of days uh, as we go back uh, to the other day germany playing sweden germany wins 67 to 50 Franz Wagner, this is uh, going back to Thursday. Franz Wagner, 16 points, 5 assists, 2 blocks. And then Sunday morning, played against Slovenia. Slovenia featuring Luka Doncic. And Slovenia was favored in this game heading in uh, to the matchup. But Germany comes out on top 90-71. to 71. Franz Wagner, 16.7 rebounds. And my understanding is, I wasn't able to watch this game. We were driving back from Orlando. But my understanding is that he was guarding Luka for decent stretches of this game. And nobody's going to completely stop Luca, but did a pretty good job on him. So super excited about the way that Franz has played so far um, in the friendlies and then in the Super Cup and now in the World Cup qualifiers. And coming up on Thursday, September 1st, uh, Germany will be taking on France in their first game of FIBA Eurobasket 2022, featuring our good old friend Evan Fournier. And of course, Rudy Gobert and you know some other guys. Bald Evan Fournier, the by the way. Bald Evan Fournier. Shout out to to Evan. It's been it's been going for him for a while. Ever since he de- bleached his hair blonde, he started <laughs> to lose it a bit more. You know, he used to have like the ponytail and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, he just finally embraced it, shaved his head bald. I don't. Is he going to stay bald? We don't really know. We saw LeBron do this a few years ago, 
but is still, you know, holding on to his hair, even though he really should just go bald all the way. But yeah, yep. you know, Evan's bald, the big bushy beard he's he's rocking. So, but it'll be a, a good matchup. We know that FIBA Fournier is a very real thing. You know, we've seen France, you know, beat the you know US in, in some of these international competitions. So we know they are a formidable foe. So uh, it'll be exciting to see Franz, uh, you know, and some of those other guys, you know, Dennis Schroeder. We'll see if, I don't know if Daniel Tice has been ruled out, but I know he's missed a couple of these games. We know Mo Wagner is out. We know that um, Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony were in attendance on Sunday for the matchup against Slovenia. So that's really cool. They were in um, Germany doing some stuff for Adidas, I think, but stuck around to, to see that game. So always good to see all those guys together. But yeah, we're going to be looking forward to uh, Franz versus France on Thursday. Luke, some unfortunate Orlando Magic news uh, broke yesterday pretty early. I want to say like around, was it like 10, 10.30? Uh, we got news that Orlando Magic veteran guard Gary Harris suffered a torn meniscus. I want to say it was in his left knee. It was in one of the knees for sure. I can assure you that. <laughs> but the torn meniscus... Um, I think Luke is really, you know, dove into the recovery time and stuff like that for the meniscus. So I'll let him talk about that. But it's really just a, a big blow for the magic. I think I don't know if it was Luke or Kevin uh, that tweeted from the six man show account. But I tweeted like right after that. It's like, can we get one freaking year where we're just healthy like this? We need we need to see everyone healthy this year mm -hmm. so that we can get a fair evaluation of this team. To see what we have and you know who we need to move and decisions are going to need to be made in this offseason and Gary Harris is a big part of that. Yeah, uh, it sucks. And I, some people were talking wild on social media. Some people were like, uh, "Gary Harris like doesn't affect it that much. Like doesn't affect this team that much." And it's like we talked about this when it Open came. Open your time, eyes. Right. Watch the game. Right. Stop saying stuff out of your blowhole. Well, it's not even that. It's just the fact that, like, he's. We talked about it on the show. You had mentioned it. Uh, I, I think especially early on, when early on in the summer, you're like, you take a look at this team. The spacing isn't awesome. You need to spacing bring back terrible. shooting. So you need to bring back Gary Harris, who you know led the league in uh, essentially one of the corner shooting percentages last year as one of like the best shooters from that corner or the best shooter from that corner, I should say last year. So that's spacing. And that is something that the magic need. And just so many people were talking about that. And this is ridiculous, but I will say your initial Google, like I said, I am a uh, novice when it comes to this. So I was Googling, I was like meniscus tear, probably something that a lot of magic fans were doing. Honestly, meniscus tear uh, recovery time for athletes. And a lot of it said, four to eight weeks. You've had some athletes that are back in, in four, four weeks when they do them, when they have a meniscus tear, you have some that get some type of repair, some surgery done like Zion. And he was out nine weeks. And then you've got Colin Sexton who got injured uh, November of 2021. And then it was just, it was released a couple weeks later that he's going to be out the remainder of the year. We'll need surgery, that sort of thing. So, uh, it is just seems like it varies. And you guys kind of clown me because I was like, Gary Harris, do we expect him back in like 48 weeks? You and Kevin were both basically like, ha, no. Uh, you're, you said I was optimistic. 
And then you said, yeah, but do they have like a search for what if they play for the magic? And it's a valid concern because we know how the magic, you know, are very cautious. I don't want to use the term baby them, but they are very cautious, like maybe overly cautious, but they're cautious better than being quick to bring them back. But that is something you have to think about with Gary Harris, especially if Gary Harris is out for like eight weeks and they have a decision and they haven't announced anything because I have a very hard time believing the magic are going to announce when he's coming back. Some teams list timetables. This organization tends not to. So I do wonder the magic have a kind of a rough, you know, you know, being away from home, basically the first two weeks of the season, uh, those sort of things. It's not like an easy schedule at any, really any point during the season. It's all pretty evenly uh, difficult for the magic. So those first couple months are going to be interesting to see what happens because if it's a rough start, I won't be shocked if we see that Gary Harris is being like ruled out for this season. It would suck. I hope that's not the case. I hope the magic are crushing it. I hope at that point, the magic have played their TNT game on November 1st. Palo's balling out just in general. The team is doing well and meshing. Then they can bring Gary Harris back. I hope that we get to see him play this season. Well, so I'm going to go back to the the most recent reference that I have in terms of you know, kind of directly dealing with a, a, a guy who has a meniscus here. I'm going to go back to a uh, high-profile free agent that the Orlando Magic signed a few years ago, Al Farouk Aminu. Okay, so they sign him in the offseason um, in between the 18 and, and 19 season. They bring him in for the, the 19-20 you know, regular season. He had just had a a good playoff run with the Portland Trailblazers. And it was like, okay, we're bringing in a veteran. It would give us some you know, more depth at the forward position who has been a, a quality starter on an NBA playoff team you know, for quite some time with the Portland Trailblazers. So he plays 18 games you know, in, in the first season. Um, last played for the Magic in that season on November 29th of 2019. So if I remember correctly, he had the meniscus tear and they tried to rehab that without surgery. And then throughout the rehab, he had a setback. And then they deemed that the meniscus tear would require surgery. So again, the last time we saw him uh, when he went out with the meniscus tear was November 29th, 2019. And he came back. This is February 17th of 2021. So missed about, what is that, like 15 months with mm-hmm. a meniscus tear. So I'm not overly optimistic when it comes to Gary Harris. Now, in no way am I saying they are directly correlated or even the same you know, kind of meniscus tear right. because we haven't had any additional information from the Magic outside of the fact that it was a meniscus tear. Um, I don't even think the Magic have mentioned whether or not it's going to require surgery. I think he's going to go through like further evaluation, I think is what the press release said, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's basically um, out indefinitely. We, don't, we know nothing. Right. Exactly. So um, producer Kevin is sending us some stuff from uh, Dr. Brian uh, Sutterer here, uh, just saying that like meniscus tears are just kind of there's a, a, a spectrum, like whether or not they're going to require surgery and they're not all how the same. bad they are. They're not all the same. Exactly. So right now we're just kind of in like a holding pattern, like a wait and see with Gary Harris to see what happens. But people that are saying that this doesn't really affect the magic, you are just like. When it comes to basketball, there's like nuance and you can be, you know, having different opinions, but you're not necessarily wrong. If you think that Gary Harris 
this is not <laughs> going to impact the magic. You are just flat out wrong. 100% yeah. wrong. Clear as day. Crystal clear. You are wrong. Gary Harris last year in uh, 61 games started 30 for the Orlando Magic. Averaged 11 points per game. Shot 38% from the three-point line. Now, Luke, what I want to do here for our listeners is to show them, yes, he started off the year really rough last season in terms of shooting, but just how hot he got as the year went on. Started October in four games, 22% from the three-point line. Then in November, 12 games, 24%. So through two months, this guy was at 23% from the three-point line, ended up the year at 38%. In December, 43%. In January, 39%. In February, 41%. In March, 40%. So the numbers, if you look at the year for Gary Harris, they don't even do him justice, even though he finishes at 38%. Mm-hmm. But we, you start going down the line in terms of you know guys hitting threes last year. Gary Harris led the entire team at 38%. 38.4%, let me add, five attempts per game. Second on the team at four attempts per game, Mo Bamba, 38.1%. Then third, Franz, 35%. RJ, 35%. So those guys, are. we had four guys last year at league average. Then you have Cole at 33%. Um, Robin Lopez is listed here. Admiral Schofield, those guys really didn't take a ton of threes, so I don't necessarily count them. Well, then you have Mo Wagner, 32%, Wendell, 32%, Chuma, 31%, Terrence Ross, 29%, and then Jalen Suggs, 21%. So Gary Harris and Mo Bamba were pretty much our only above-average three-point shooters last season. Mo Bamba, out of the starting lineup, he's going to be in a backup role. We had had discussions about who was going to start at the two. Is it... Jalen Suggs is a Cole Anthony. A lot of people thought it could be Gary Harris. Those are all arguments can be made for either of those guys. And now without Gary Harris, like the spacing on this team, especially in the backcourt is incredibly, I don't want to say thin. I'm going to say it's non-existent. Like this team yeah. has almost no spacing without Gary Harris on the floor at this point. And we've been talking about Terrence Ross being traded for basically a year now. And the Gary Harris Injury changes that a little bit for me, especially early on in the year. I think we're going to see Terrence Ross in an increased role more than we probably thought he was going to be in to start this year. And we are going to need the Terrence Ross of old last year's Terrence Ross is not going to cut it. We need like 2019, 2020 Terrence Ross. This flat out sucks. It's really bad for the magic. This is going to just so, also, just to add, as if we need any more context to how good Gary Harris was, really the last, you know, more than half of the year from a term from three, like 80% of the season, how good he was. Yeah. So and to give a more of a more of context, we know how bad he was those first, you know, 15, 20 games, basically um, last his last 45 games of last year, he shot. Yeah. 41.3% from three. So gives you an idea for the fact that he ended at like 38% or whatever it was. It does make me wonder, Jonathan, if this increases our chances of seeing like just an all length NBA lineup for the magic this year, because what else, like what, what can you do? This will give ball ball. Finally, not finally, but a chance at some minutes here, right? 
with the the if Gary Harris is out for an extended period of time, you bring in and you just have just a massive lineup that comes out there just to essentially fill the spot of of Gary Harris. And it just it it sucks. I mean, like you said, it does make you kind of change your tune about Terrence Ross, what he will what his future holds. I'm glad that Terrence Ross seems to be in good spirits about this team because I think we're going to need him. He's going to be very much needed. I I don't know, man, that as far as like people were talking about Gary Harris, not many, but people who were thinking just in terms of spacing. Talking about Gary Harris, like you said, starting. Do we now start to have the conversation of, well, if it's not Gary, is it Terrence Ross? And is he finally like, gonna is he going to start to start the year? I don't know. If you look at this team and the starting lineup that they've got with the zero spacing at that point, I mean, you could say, no, we want to roll with, you know, the lineup that we all think it is due to development of guys like Jalen Suggs. But then you think about, you know, if you want to win, you just throw Terrence Ross out there at the two to start the season and just say, I mean, maybe he just gets going early and he holds that position for until Jalen maybe shows that he improves, that he is, his offensive game is caught up to his defensive game. I don't know, man, but this makes it very odd with Gary Harris's injury. I hope that it's very minimal, and I hope this we don't have to play too much tinkering with those lineups. I also, for the sake of like our sanity, hope that Gary Harris isn't out very long because we're going to get tired of seeing how clogged that game the game looks and how little spacing is. Paolo's going to think he's back in college playing with little spacing. And I would love to see Paolo thrive in a true NBA <laughs> NBA concept and schemes. We will see. So for me, it, this really becomes just a complicated situation for the team and for Jamal Mosley in terms of the decisions that he has to make in regards to the starting lineup. Because, and, and I guess we can have this conversation because so much of the NBA is like a player's perception. So like Terrence Ross, right? 29% from the three-point line last year. Every time he was in the game, you know, predominantly with the bench unit, he was just smothered. Like They wouldn't give him an ounce of breathing room because even though he wasn't shooting well last year, the perception is still you cannot let this guy get hot. Like We saw him win games, like maybe one or two games single-handedly last year. I think he had a game like against the Knicks where he went crazy in the second half, like 24 points. I could be mixing up the game, but Terrence Ross is still capable of doing that every once in a blue moon at the very least. When it comes to Jalen Suggs, my question is, he didn't come into the season with the perception that he was a non-shooter, right? Like he was confident, he was taking the shots. It wasn't like they were just leaving him completely wide open. As the season went on, maybe that changed a little bit. But has the perception around Jalen Suggs changed that now they think he's a non-shooter and maybe he needs to prove that all over again? Like let's say even if Jalen has like a, a great off season and comes in and is a real shooter until he proves that he's going to knock down those shots, the spacing may not be there. We might have, you know, 20 games to start the season next year where the paint is clogged and Jalen Suggs is just getting wide open three pointers. And it's going to take a while for teams to catch on. If he does improve before that perception changes and that's when the spacing really opens up. So it's not even so much just like the results right away. It's just like other teams' perception of the the guys that we have on our roster 
And because of that, I think the Gary Harris argument was valid when he was healthy. The Terrence Ross now argument, I think that's valid as well if you're really concerned about the spacing. And if we had a, a um, you know Patreon-exclusive Zoom that we do you know once a month, and our patrons, I, we will shout you out. Don't think that we forgot about you, my, my sweet, sweet children. But <laughs> we had a, an exclusive Zoom with them, and this very conversation got brought up, but this was before Gary got hurt. And the conversation was, well, if the Magic's number one goal next year is no matter what we want to win games, then you probably start Gary Harris from day one. Now, if it's like we do really want to win games, but development is also really important, then you plug Jalen Suggs into the starting lineup. And now we're, we're going to find out where you know the Magic are, are valuing this season. Because if it's from game one, you want to try to win, you're really concerned about spacing, maybe you start Terrence Ross. But I think a lot of us, our initial reaction seeing Gary Harris go down was like, all right, Jalen Suggs should start opening night. But the more I talk about this and the more that I think about it, I really don't know what they're going to do. I do not envy Jamal Mosley and the decision that these guys have to make, you know, in the the next month or so as we go into training camp. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to expect here, man. I, I really don't. I guess we will just see if the team surprises us and actually gives us some solid injury updates when it comes to guys like Gary Harris and Jonathan Isaac. I, I really don't know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you ready for some good news? I want all the good news. Before we get to the good news, we're going to shout okay. out our patrons. If you have not heard or if you've been living underneath a rock for the past year, we started a Patreon. A Patreon is just simply where you can partner with the show financially, subscribe to one of three tiers that have multiple benefits associated with them, where you can help us do the things that we do. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're going to shout out our Hall of Fame tier patrons like we do every episode. But before we get to that, we have a very, very, very special brand new patron, Luke's mm. mom, Teddy Sylvia. Right. Shout out to the real MVP. Without Teddy, we literally would not be here right now, especially Luke. That's true. That's true. I, Yeah, especially me, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, we were doing actually our, our Patreon exclusive um zoom meeting and kevin just starts cracking up and i was like dude what are you laughing at and he's like he's like sorry guys he said we have a new patron and it's luke's mom and at first i was like oh ha 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 but then i remembered my mom has said several times well can i can i do it and i was like 
no, like you don't need to do that. Like I don't need you to do it. We we have to like shout you out and like I just don't, you know, it's my mom. And she was like, she's like, well, let me do it. I was like, no. So this has been happening since we started the Patreon. When I told her we started the Patreon, I keep her in the loop. She's a magic fan and uh knows more about sports than than a lot of people that I know. So yes, Teddy Sylvia, my mother, the newest patron of the six man show. Real MVP. Thank you so much, Teddy. We really, really appreciate your support. And we are going to throw you in with our Hall of Fame tier patrons that we shout out every week. And we'll go ahead and start that right now with the court cousins, Armin, Carson Tulo. What are we doing, Carson? You went from Lil Tulo to Elite Tulo. Now you're Carson Tulo. You're really trying to throw me off here. I don't appreciate that. Shout out Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, Bailey Wiffle, Michael Salapong, Ryan Singh, The Distract, Pierre A, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Nate Donnelly, Goaty 93, and then Teddy Sylvia, the real MVP. We appreciate everyone's support so much. Again, if you want to support the show, you can find us at the, uh, no, not the Six Man Show. You can find us at the thesixmanshow.com, but you can also support us at patreon.com slash thesixmanshow. Now, the real good news that we were talking about, I'm driving home from Orlando today, took the kids to, to Disney with some uh, some friends of ours. They invited us out there for the weekend, and we're driving home with the kids, and my wife is just going through Instagram, and she sees that Jonathan Isaac just posted to his story. She follows him on Instagram. You know, she she goes to his story and she's like, oh, my gosh, Jonathan. He posted like a video of him like in the magic practice facility. And I look over and I see him take this drop step and just head at the rim and just yam like with authority. And I yelled, whoa. And my <laughs> kids are in the back like, daddy, daddy, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. I'm like, Jonathan Isaac is 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 playing basketball, and my oldest, you know, we we had the the privilege of, of meeting Jonathan um, about a year ago, and she remembers him to this day, and she's always like, "Are we going to Jonathan Isaac's house?" And I'm like, "No, like, what in the world would ever make you think that we would go to Jonathan Isaac's house? Absolutely not." But yeah, she just uh, was concerned about Jonathan Isaac. But Jonathan Isaac looked great, moving well, no knee brace, exploding to the rim looked comfortable landing the fact that he feels confident enough to post yeah. footage like that again without the brace we're essentially a month away from the start of training camp luke i'll ask you before i give my take on this did you find it significant is this anything i think it's anything ring the bell because i was thinking about it and i i, I you know i obviously saw the clip and was thinking about it and i said he, he, like you said, head at the rim, just punches the ball through the rim. You don't like you're not going like if you are injured and you are taking it easy, you are being still acting gingerly when doing these things. You're doing maybe a casual dunk, but it looked like he's like obviously getting to the point where he has ramped up enough to uh, put 100 percent effort into that dunk at the end something as small as that, right? Like the, the ability or the effort at the rim, it just made me feel like it was promising. Like you said, enough to post it. I, I just think that it's, it is something I think that, that he, uh, I, 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 I think he's going to be back. I'm doing it to myself. I when? think he's going to be back opening night. 
Mm. The, the lights are bright. And Jonathan Isaac checks in for the first time since the bubble. And the Amway it's gonna Center be electric. It would be electric. Yep. I hope I'm I'm ho- I hope I'm in the building. Um I hope we get some kind of advance notice. I will do whatever I need to to make sure that I'm in the building for that. I do think it's significant because of the fact that he posted it. Like people want to talk about his, you know, political views or perceived political views anyways. Uh you know, all the other things that he does like related to his book and all that and you know the fact that he rarely posts about, you know, basketball or anything like that. So for him to say like you know what like I've been out for it's two years now it's more than two years at this point and I'm not wearing the brace I'm working out that he feels good enough and confident to post that to me it is significant because it's it's just kind of out of outside of what he would like normally do even when healthy so and he looks really good he looks like he's put on weight he's put on muscle he's yeah. kept the muscle on he's still moving mm-hmm. really well with the added weight. And the fact, like you said, just like with authority on that dunk, um, that's not something that you do if you're not really feeling confident in your body just yet. So I'm not, I've been just stung and burned too many times to say like, yeah, he's definitely going to be back opening night. I would love to say that, but it feels like he should. Like just given everything that we have witnessed and everything that has gone on with this injury, Feels like he should be ready for opening night. If he's not, that is going to be such a bummer, and just going to add you know, to the the fuel of the fire of people being concerned. Remember when people thought like he would never walk like normally again? Remember when <laughs> we dealt with that last season? Like, and I feel like never we bring that again? up a lot, and rightfully so because that was wild. It was wild. It w- it was silly at the time, but man, people just freaked out about that. To see him doing that, it's like all right, he definitely can walk. He can jump. Yeah. I'm assuming he can run. But the next thing for me, and we probably won't hear anything between now and, and training camp. That's just kind of the way that it goes with this team. But I would love nothing more than to see him or to hear that he's partic- participating in full court activity and full court runs with his teammates. To me, that would be the last thing that I need to know to say, all right, we are good to start the season with Jonathan Isaac. Now, yeah. I know there are a lot of newer fans to the team, like even in the last couple of months, you know, since drafting Paolo Bancaro, people that are Duke fans or you know, really followed Paolo very closely at Duke and are now you know paying attention to the magic or people that just knew we were terrible the last 10 years and weren't interested. And now that there's all this hype and promise around this young team, people are now getting interested. So for those of you that, that don't really know about Jonathan Isaac, so he was drafted, I want to say in 2017 I believe it was 2017 he was the fifth overall pick I believe in that draft Luke's gonna look that up for me right now six, six by the way it but was 2017 it, I just looked right? up it's 2017 2017 yeah. the seventh pick the sixth pick in the draft my goodness that was like two months I believe after we hired Jeff Weltman and John Hammond so um he started off you know rough rookie season it was out with like an ankle injury but the second season was like a key piece in the magic being a top 10 defensive team that year and helped us get to the playoffs but the following season the 2019 2020 season um really just started off the the kid was honestly just incredible uh in that season before he got injured uh through 34 games he was averaging 11 points per game 47 percent from the floor 
34% from the, the three-point line, almost seven rebounds, an assist, a steal and a half, but 2.3 blocks per game. And then on New Year's Day of 2020, he has this like weird, like, um, like kind of Euro step around Bradley Beal, where I think it was like originally like a hyperextension and a bone bruise. And then, you know, a couple of months later, he's still out, but then the whole league gets shut down. He, they say that he's not going to play in the bubble when everybody came back for, you know, COVID. And then right before the exhibition game start, they say Jonathan Isaac is going to play. And he's playing with this massive bulky knee brace, but he looks incredible. I think we saw him play in two games and he tore his ACL in the third or he tore his ACL in the second game. I don't remember exactly what happened, but that was August of 2020. And he missed the entire following season, uh, missed all of last season as well. Suffered the like the hamstring injury like around March somewhere in the other leg that I think required some kind of surgical procedure. So we have just been waiting for Jonathan Isaac to come back for two plus years because when he got hurt initially at the beginning of 2020 was a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate. And a guy like that, if he comes back and is the same type of defender, it's going to drastically alter the trajectory of this franchise. It's going to impact us immediately on the floor and then what we saw of him in the bubble was an enhanced offensive game was getting to the rim finishing was hitting threes so if we get bubble ji then things really start to change for this orlando magic team but because it's been so long that's why we are so apprehensive well luke seems like confident he's gonna be back opening night i don't think he's that confident but we're that's the optimist in luke i think no, I'm, I am that. Back. I'm that confident. Guarantee. Really? Oh, great. Yeah, I am Perfect. because, and unlike Barkley, I think I'm going to be right. He just, he posted this video. I I think there is a lot to him posting this video. He, let's be honest, does not post a ton of basketball on his Instagram and hasn't really ever. Like it's just never been his thing to just post basketball stuff. And so the fact that he posted it, it makes me confident enough to think like, okay, dude, like it has been long enough. You've had your time. Let's start fresh. Let's start the season with you on the court. But I do have a follow-up. My follow-up question for you here is how many games or how long will it take you to not just like be tense the entire time Jonathan Isaac is on the court fearing everything at that point? I'm going to go with never. It's never going to go away. Uh, I, I, get, I get worried every single time one of our guys goes down. And I think it'll yeah. be heightened with J.I. Like every time he goes down, I'm really going to be concerned because we just miss so much time with him. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm at the point where I've just been traumatized enough. Legitimately, <laughs> every time a guy goes down and doesn't bounce right back up, I fear the worst. Kevin well, and I yeah. were at the Miami Heat game in December when Wendell went down and left the floor in a wheelchair. Uh, and yeah. it just seemed like, okay, here we go again. Now, he only missed, I think, a ha- maybe a, less than a handful of games before he came back, and we dodged a bullet there. But every single time one of those things happens, I just think the worst. Yeah, it's hard not to. And I honestly, my 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 knee-jerk reaction to the answer to my own question was, if he can make it a whole year healthy, then I think 
it'll it'll ease some of my anxiety about him being on the court and an injury happening right but then i thought no because if he is fully healthy and he is making a drastic difference in this team on the court then i'm gonna be just hesitant and nervous all next year as well of like oh is this too good to be true like he's really back is he really back and then next season, I'm just going to be, I just feel like I'll probably feel the same way because I'm like, I, this just can't, this can't end. Like we can't, like, you can't make me wait again to watch this guy play. And now that he's made these huge strides at this point in this hypothetical universe, I'm just nervous, you know? So I, I think I'm with you on the whole never thing. I wanted to say, give me one healthy season and I'll just, it'll be fine. It'll be normal. But I just I know that heading into the next year, I would just be very anxiety filled. All right. Well, I changed your mind and now you've changed my mind. Okay. because this next year is going to be like so irregular for like what would be a normal NBA season for a player, because we assume he's going to come back off the bench to start the year. He's probably not. He's probably going to have a minutes restriction for quite a while. He's probably not going to play back to backs for quite a while. So if Jonathan Isaac ends up playing like 60 games next season like without any kind of setbacks or hiccups, I think that is a successful year. Yeah. Now, if he goes through that fully, fully healthy and then he gets through like another season, mostly healthy, like 70 plus games, right. you know, maybe there's like a little, you know, little minor injury here where he misses a handful of games, whatever. If he gets through two seasons, that will bring me back to baseline for everywhere else, for everyone else. That being said, my level of concern for injury is always very high. So mm. like bring back to baseline isn't like, oh, I'm just not worried about it at all. It's just like, I won't be as worried as about him. I'll just be worried about everyone equally. And again, every time someone goes down and doesn't bounce right back up, I like, I can't breathe. I start sweating. It's like, <laughs> oh, here we freaking go. So, yeah. and that was my reaction when I got the notification on Saturday about Gary. I was like, here we freaking go again. We we cannot mm-hmm. win. Yep. So valid. Hoping to see Jonathan Isaac back night one. That would really be would fantastic. be a dream. It would be. All right, Luke. I think that is going to do it for us this week. Anything that we're missing? I feel like I'm missing something, but I don't remember what it is right now. I don't. I don't think so. I know I what it is. You came okay. to this episode expecting us to talk about forwards, but because we had so much other news in regards to Gary mm-hmm. Harris and then today with Jonathan Isaac, we decided we're going to have more than enough to talk about with those two guys. We're going to push for the group of forwards and kind of evaluating that whole position for the Orlando Magic to our episode, which is supposed to come out this coming Thursday. So unless that is, something unless, else... As right. I was going to say, unless something more pressing comes to mind, you know, because that's an evergreen episode leading up right. to the season that is so that's something you can hit play on at any point leading up to the season so yeah i'm with you we uh hopefully we nothing out of the ordinary happens unless it is a statement about jonathan isaac being back for opener unless it's good maybe. news i, I, yeah, I yeah, can yeah. deal with good pressing news that'd be great for once good pressing ever. news that can fill an episode all about it right and pushing back that forwards episode again but excited to talk about you know forwards then we'll get to guards after that with all these caveats pending but we will uh you know we'll we'll get you'll hear from us on thursday what we're saying 
That's going to do it for us. For Luke Sylvia, happy birthday. This has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!